beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. There's just no way that this story doesn't have some element of magical intervention serendipity because it's just so good. I'm Laura Tremaine and I have 10 things to tell you and you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. Each episode has a prompt or a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to a friend, or share on social media using the hashtag 10ThingsToTellYou. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. In celebration of the launch of my new book, The Life Council, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs, we are continuing my Friendship Stories series. As a reminder, last year when I was writing The Life Council, I did dozens of interviews as part of my research with people who had unique friendship stories. I'm featuring some of these stories here on the podcast to highlight all the different perspectives we can have around friendship, which is one of the main messages of The Life Council. My guest today is my chief operations manager, Caroline. Caroline is key to so many of the behind the scenes operations here at 10 Things to Tell You. And if you are part of our secret stuff community, our Patreon community, you might very much be familiar with Caroline as she is often on our Zooms and in our chats. In this friendship story, Caroline shares her story with her dear friend, Judy, After Judy experiences a tragic loss, Caroline was there for her when she needed it most. 
This is a beautiful story about the gift of friendship and how friends help us navigate life's ups and downs. Throughout the course of this conversation, Caroline also shares about her twin sister, Jill, which is a friendship story in and of itself. Caroline's multiple friendship experiences was the perfect way to cap off this friendship stories series because I think it highlights the width and breadth of good friendship and its importance in our lives. The Life Council, my new book, is out now and covers a wide range of friends and friendship issues. It is available in hardcover, paperback, ebook, or audiobook, read by me. Pick up The Life Council at your favorite retailer and learn more by going to thelifecouncilbook.com. I'll let my guest start by introducing herself. My name is Caroline, and I live in Plano, Texas, with my husband and dog and our son, 18-month-old son, William. And I actually am a virtual assistant, and I help Laura with behind-the-scenes scheduling and making everything run and hopefully helping keep her business professional life together. I've been a follower for years, loved the book, and I'm happy to be sharing a friendship story. Well, I'm super excited to hear your friendship story because I don't know all the details and I want to hear all the details. So I want you to start at the very beginning of this story and then just know that I will probably interrupt and ask questions. Okay. Okay. So go ahead. My friendship story is about one of my very best friends. Her name is Judy. And we met in June of 2007. It was the summer before our senior years of high school. So that makes me seem young, probably. And we met at a people-to-people trip in Baltimore, Maryland. And people-to-people is like a global student ambassador program. And you can go to really fun places like Australia and Madrid. But Judy and I both opted to go to Baltimore, Maryland, no shade, but we could have probably picked better places. But it was a medical professions trip, which neither one of us are remotely in the medical field now. So the only good thing out of the trip was that we met each other, but it was only for 10 days, but we were in the same group. So we did, we did all the activities and stuff together and like lived on the same floor at, it was at Johns Hopkins. We like lived on the same floor for 10 days and just like got to be close. And then our group had a Facebook group and we stayed in touch up through that. And then I can't remember how, which one of us asked the other one, like, hey, do you want to come visit? But somehow it came up, like, I, I live, so I still live in Texas. I lived in Texas in high school too. Judy is from Oregon. And so I don't know how it came up, like, hey, do you want to come to Oregon? Do you want to come to Texas? But we somehow finagled our parents. Our parents had never met obviously but somehow we convinced them like Judy's family isn't crazy neither is Caroline's like we just want to come hang out and meet our friends and everything so Judy came to Texas Christmas break of senior year of high school for maybe I don't know five days and it was super fun and we just picked up right where we left off from Maryland and she it was over New Year's and we went to some party. I don't know. 
And my friend, my one of my very good friends named Ben was at this party. And he immediately liked Caroline's new friend, Judy from Oregon. Probably had never met anyone from Oregon before. They shared a New Year's Eve kiss. Ooh. And then Ben thought, yeah. And then Ben thought that she was like the one that got away because clearly she was going back to Oregon. And then, so then after that. Wait, I'm, let me just say what? this. Were you, you know, supportive of a mild hookup between your two friends on this New Year's? Or were you young enough that like this didn't require deep thought? This super didn't require deep thought. And I was, I was way more concerned with myself on this night because the boy that I had a crush on, I thought didn't like me. So I was really upset. I distinctly remember being super upset while Ben and Judy, it wasn't some like big makeup, make makeup session. Like it was just like some, you know, little kiss, but I was crying because I was so upset this boy didn't like me. Well, this boy and I have been married for almost eight years. So oh, I guess he didn't like you. Everything's fine. Yeah. He, he ended up deciding he liked me. So the consensus that night was, oh, Ben and Judy kiss. Like, oh, how fun. There was no, I don't know, ill will or negative feeling. So Judy did go back to Oregon and Ben was like sort of pining away. Probably, yeah. No, I don't know. I don't think they, maybe they like got each other's numbers. I don't even know. Like it didn't cross my mind again, Ben and Judy, like doing anything but having that kiss and New Year's. January 1st, 2008. But then I went up to Oregon, I think President's Day or spring break of senior year of high school to visit her friends. I did not kiss one of her friends. There was not a switch. Then we graduated high school and went to college and kind of did our own things. I went to coincidentally the University of Oklahoma and Judy is actually Canadian and has Canadian citizenship. And she went to the University of British Columbia in Vancouver so she was like off living the drinking age of 19 there so she was off having fun in a big city in Vancouver and then we did see each other I visited her in college in Canada once she came down to Oklahoma to visit me in Norman once and then we didn't touch but you know still didn't like talk every day and then she decided after graduating from college, she had a friend who had gone to college in Hawaii and she moved to Oahu to work in Honolulu. She didn't have a job in Honolulu. She moved to Hawaii and then found a job, which is usually how it goes. So Honolulu, the Pearl Harbor, the Navy base is there. She met a sailor named James. And they, I never met James, but they hit it off really fast. You know, big whirlwind romance. I'm pretty sure she moved in with him. They got a dog. Then they got a cat. Then he was being discharged later that year. He also happened to be from a town outside of Huntsville, Texas, which is Southeast Texas, not super close to where I grew up and lived. I grew up in Dallas, so it's probably like a four-ish hour drive. But like, 
oddly enough, he was from Texas and he was going to use his GI Bill to go to the University of Texas at Austin when he got discharged and she was going to come with him because I don't think she really had any interest in moving back to Portland. She's kind of a free soul going from Oregon to Canada to Hawaii. She probably thought Texas was just like next on the list of places to go. And so they had, he was discharged, his service was done. He, they had a going away party for, I think him and like their little group of, I don't know if a bunch of other sailors got discharged that night. They went out and they were on their way back home. And on the way home, he told her since she didn't have her helmet, that she wasn't going to be able to ride home with him on his motorcycle after this party. She had to find a ride or something like that. And on the way home, he got into a motorcycle accident and was killed. And it was terrible. And I found out, again, I didn't know James, but I knew they were moving here. She, you know, she was excited that she was going to be within like a three hour drive from me, Dallas and Austin. So we were, had been talking about, we'd been talking more than we had because she was moving so close to me. So I kind of found out on Facebook that something bad had happened, but I wasn't sure what exactly. And then I don't think I spoke to her, but I found out on Facebook again that he had died. And I think I finally did get a hold of her. She may have texted me back, but her life was kind of in disarray. All the plans she had were suddenly gone. And so once his funeral was planned, it was in his hometown, obviously, which again, was about four hours from where I lived, me and my sister and my fiance at the time, who's now my husband, and my friend Ben went down to this funeral to be with Judy. And I had told her, I think we had finally, she'd finally called me back. She felt good enough or whatever, whatever her brain space needed to be to talk to me. And I had told her that we, my fiance, his name is Joe, now my husband, Joe. Joe and I had a spare room in our apartment that was kind of like the study. It wasn't actually a bedroom, but there was a window. So it could be a bedroom. It was free for her to move into if she still wanted to come to Texas, because that was the plan just in Dallas, not Austin. The, my room was open. And so we picked her up and we brought her up to Dallas for a few days after James's funeral so she could see the room she'd be staying in. At first, I think she thought I meant like my couch or a blow up mattress. And she was like, mm, I don't want to do that. But once she saw that it was legit a room, she had like a closet and half a bathroom connected that it seemed more legit. So she decided she was going to do it. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating, and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. 
Lumi is the first of its kind in the full body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben free. It is also pH balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, Dot com and use code U, Y-O-U. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. So we were thrilled. Dropped her back off. She went home, I guess, packed all her stuff, or I don't even remember, but we were like, she's moving to Texas. So it was January 29th, 2014. She and her mom flew from Portland to Dallas with their cat, remember the cat, and their dog, Golden Retriever. Now not a puppy anymore. Now a full-grown golden retriever moved in with me and Joe. And she was there for six or eight weeks. She had to find a job. They had to get a car, like basically start everything over again. But she was at least with us and felt comfortable. And she knew a lot of my friends who were there anyways. So she, it was good. It was a good move. And she was going through this like immense grief, I'm assuming. Yes. I mean, this terrible grief. Yes. She handled it well. I don't, I probably tried to block most of it out, but we cried over some champagne one time. I remember got really drunk and cried on some champagne about like how life's not fair. Not. She told me later she went to like a psychic medium somewhere close by that she found to like, you know, just kind of see what the universe was going to tell her. But I don't remember like too much sadness. We, it just seemed like to all click well. And she did, since James's family was so close, like she did stay in contact with them and would go down and see them. I think his brother lived here for a little bit and maybe some of his friends from high school. So she still kind of felt connected that way. But I, I hope that she like felt so supported and, and not alone that she didn't have to just like totally drown in grief. She always seemed like she was handling it pretty well. Okay. But yeah, you're right. There was a lot, it, like I make it sound like, oh, my friend moved in and it was super fun with her cat and her dog, but no, it was, you know, it was a hard, it was a hard, it was a hard stretch. Mm-hmm. But with that, she started talking to my friend Ben again. She and Ben, because I think Ben lived alone and then she moved out and lived alone 
close to another two friends, like their apartments were very close to each other. And then Ben lived like down the road. And we figured out that Ben and Judy had been hanging out and we all loved it. We thought it was great because to Ben, Judy was the one that got away. And they officially started dating around the time Joe and I got married. So that was July of 2014. And we can just get right down to it. They got married in the fall, this past fall. So Ben and Judy stayed back. They got back together. That is so, that's such a love story. Yeah. Even though I'm sorry that she lost the love previous to that, because I'm sure that that was like a really difficult thing, but it did. It's almost like she still came to Texas. Like she was, that was still her destination and she still got to reunite with Ben. Why do you think Ben went to the funeral with y'all? I mean, had they only, had they stayed in touch all that time or had they just shared a New Year's kiss? And he was just like, I'll go to a funeral of a girl I kissed years ago and her that boyfriend. Is a really, that's a really good question. I don't remember. Maybe they did chat and I didn't know about it, but which would have been fine. They're friends. But I kind of think Ben was just trying to be a good friend. Like he just came down to kind of support Judy. And me and Joe, my husband and my sister, Jill, who went down there, we're all best friends. I think he just kind of felt compelled to be there. But that's a really good question. Ben was the best man in my wedding. So Ben's like my platonic life partner. He's like a really good friend. Well, let's talk about that for a second, actually, because that's interesting. How does Joe feel about you having a male best friend nothing's ever been romantic between you and Ben no you people you can't see me but I'm making a face no he is just my just a dude my friend who happens to be a dude and he and Joe are also best friends like we both gave speeches at Ben and Judy's wedding like it's not like I had to convince like Joe and Ben to hang out with each other like we're all communally friends but Ben and I met in junior high, seventh and eighth grade. And I don't know, we just like hit it off. And the sister that I was referring to earlier, we're twins. Her name is Jill. So I don't remember how Jill, Ben and Caroline, we just, I don't know. We were just all friends at church is where we met. We just like hit it off. I don't know. Jill and Ben did date briefly in junior high, but it was like, they danced at the junior high dance or like she went to his basketball game and then they broke up. Like it wasn't some, you know, big romantic thing, but we were just really, we were just good friends. And he never really dated anyone before Judy. He, and I didn't really date anyone before Joe. We just, I think we were just like not interested until we found the right person. I think he wasn't necessarily oh, I really like that girl that came from Oregon back in high school. I don't think he was like waiting for Judy somehow. I just don't think he wanted to like waste his time. Mm. And then when Judy came back, or when Judy, I don't want to say came back, when Judy came into the picture, I don't, I don't know how it actually started. Like, did he text her? Did she text him? How did they start hanging out? I don't know. They never told us, but somehow they did. And that was almost eight years ago. 
and Judy has stayed, they've stayed in Texas. Oh yeah. Oh yes. They live about five miles north of here of me. They've always stayed here. Yeah. Her mom and dad moved here from Oregon four years ago to be closer to Judy. So what do you think about these type of stories where like, you know, because in a sense, this has been in Judy's story, really, but they would have never met. They would have never had a connection, but for a friend, you, and, but for these other circumstances, like going to the thing in Baltimore, staying in touch with someone that like lives across the country, which of course now with the internet, that that's easier than it was you know, I'm a lot older than you. So like, I didn't, that would have been a harder story in the nineties, right. but now that's right. like kind of, kind of a, a more common story, I suppose, meeting people and, and being able to stay in touch and visit and all of that stuff, but it still takes effort. You still have to have a pretty good friendship connection to be visiting each other across the country. So two things, one is what's, you know, what is the connection that you and Judy share that like keeps that level of friendship going across the country when you're like in college. And two, how do you feel about stories like this? Do you think there's like some magical element happening? Do you, do you think it's more pragmatic than that? Like, no, like just people meet. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I'm just like sort of curious your take on a story like this. Well, Judy and I, we have obviously have a lot in common and we're similar, but we're also very, we're also very different. And I really don't know. Cause I gave, like I said, I gave a speech at their wedding last fall. So I was kind of doing this. I kind of gave a friendship story interview last September, you know, back then I was kind of trying to think of like, how am I going to tell all these people, like how we met and how I also know Ben and, you know, without like taking away their thunder not about me it's their wedding but like we all wouldn't be here without me like give me a little you know little pat but like you know this is not about Caroline we just we just clicked I think it was fun like back in high school I think it was fun to like have a friend in Oregon or like have a different friend like and especially with me being a twin so my twins my very best friend but like we had all the same friends, we did all the same same things, you know, pretty much we shared a car in high school, like we didn't have very many things that were different or separate. So it was kind of fun for me to have a friend that nobody else knew that like wasn't connected to my friend group in high school and that kind of thing. And then every time we would get together, which again was like, a handful of times in a decade, we just always had the best time. Like there was nothing awkward. There was nothing weird. And this was also when texting got really big. Like in, when did the iPhone come out? Like, I don't know, 2005 or something. But like, that's when you didn't just have to like chat on AOL Instant Messenger. Like you could talk to people using your phone. But I think we started texting and then you can just stay connected much easier that way than like you said, like you could have done like 10, 15 years before that. No, you're, it's exactly when you're saying, because I got married in 2007 and I specifically remember that I still had a Blackberry at my wedding and I got the first iPhone. So I think the iPhone must've come out 
maybe in 2008. So it would have been yeah, around exactly this time. Yeah. 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 So we could definitely stay more connected without like picking up the phone, which is like so foreign now. Oh, and then your second question, is it something magical or just pragmatic and people meet? I'm usually very practical and like I'm somewhat woo-woo, but like the practicality down earthness in me kind of negates all of that. But there's just no way that this story doesn't have some element of magical intervention, serendipity, because it's just so good. Like Ben and Judy are so great together. I can't imagine them being with any other person and it just all works out so well. They live like basically down the street. Judy and I are great friends. My husband and Ben are great friends. We're all great friends in the same group. And it just like, we forget that Judy has such a weird spot in our story, in our group. Like, I think she went to high school with us. It feels like she's from here. She's, there's, no, she's not. She's not, but it sure feels like it. Mm-hmm. While we're talking about magical friendships, let's just talk for a second about your twin, your twinness, I suppose. Yeah. Do you feel like, like, you know, people are fascinated with twins. What would you describe your relationship with Jill? Like on the spectrum of maybe the way the world sees twins as like telepathic or or whatever. You know, I feel like we either see twins as like telepathically linked, like miracles of nature, like this really like sort of special thing, or we see them as like separated at birth or they hate each other or whatever. You know, there's no like sort of just yeah, like, we're just drama. like normal sister relationship or whatever. Yeah. That's a very good question. It's hard to say. I said this in my maid of honor speech at Jill's wedding, all these speeches, these are literally the only two I've ever given in my life, but I'm talking all my speeches that is we oh just did it we say we instead of I or us instead of me our pronouns are plural because there was never singularity growing up like there was no reason for me to say I am going to the park because we were both going to the park so I I did it yesterday in a text I I did it and then thought about it because I'm 32 and I still say we in regards to my sister when like she had nothing to do with this conversation. I just can't help it because I was including her, like not even really being cognizant of it. We, see, we, we obviously have a great relationship. We're best friends. She also lives right down the street. We can't ever get away from each other. I'm glad that we have the special twin relationship that we do as opposed to like some you know dramatic separated at birth or we hate each other's story yeah we we like I said we shared a car growing or well not growing up we shared a car when we turned 16 we have pretty much all the same friends I played soccer and she did dance so that was like literally our only different activity but yeah we just we're we're the only our parents only kids so it was just us and we always had a playmate and there was no reason to be mad for that long because we were in the same room so 
if we were mad at each other, it sure wasn't fun. No more person to play with. I, I think that answers your question. Like the twinness, we just, I don't know, we just have it. You still think of yourself as half of a whole kind of in some ways? Yeah. I thought the James stuff was going to get me crying, but this twin segue is what's going to do it. <laughs> and we're fraternal. So we're just as related as like you and your sister or someone and their brother who just happened to be born on the same day. We definitely look like sisters, but some people think we're the same person. Some people think we're identical. Some people are like, oh, you're fraternal. That makes sense. And then some people think we're like cousins or like not even related. So it's funny to see this spectrum of the twin fascination. We do not look identical. Like the people who think we're the same person, I don't know what they're thinking. And she lives close to you now? Yeah. We were roommates in college. We actually went to different colleges the first semester, and it was the worst decision we've ever made. So then we both actually transferred to OU the second semester of freshman year, and we lived together in college, in our apartment, and after college until I got engaged, and I had to move out. Wait, where did, where did you both go to college separately first? I went to TCU, Texas Christian University, in Fort Worth, which was very close to where I grew up. We grew up in, it was actually in the same town as our high school. And then Jill, big bad Jill, decided to go to the University of San Francisco. Oh. Mistake. (laughs) Nothing wrong with the University of San Francisco. It was just really far away. It's like a four-hour plane ride. You went like in your neighborhood and she went across the country. And how soon after like you started were you both like oh no we have to reroute so Jill if if you don't like me saying this it's too bad Jill knew that it was a mistake before she even flew to California I think she knew it was a mistake when I got dropped off at at my dorm which was like a week or a week before they let my, my parents and Jill left to go to California she already knew it was a mistake like before they even got on the plane to go so far away or to be so specifically far away from you? All of it, but probably being so far away from me. And like, I was, I was still home, basically. It was like a 20 minute drive. And I had the car, the car that we shared. I kept it because she didn't take it to San Francisco. So like, if I went home all the time, because I was upset, but Jill couldn't do that. So that I think she, that didn't hit her till later, but she was kind of, I think she was like, oh, Why was it a mistake for you to go to TCU? I think it was just a little, my experience there was just a little stained because I was so sad that Jill wasn't there with me. TCU was fine. My dad went there. Big Horn Frog fan still. There's nothing wrong with that place. I think it just wasn't for me because Jill wasn't there. Maybe if we had, now Jill didn't want to go there. So that, that kind of is what started. I was like, well, I do. And she didn't. So I was like, well. I'm not going to California. So that I think that is kind of what started it. And then she probably wish she just would have gone there, <laughs> but she didn't. It's fine. Do you think that the, like how you said earlier about having Judy was just like something you got to have that was kind of your own, even though obviously Jill became friends with Judy, but like something that was just you for a minute. Do you think that's why Jill wanted to go to college 
far away was to sort of have something her own, but then she was like, yeah, actually. Uh, Yeah, I think so. We were trying to like find our solo identities and then we realized we didn't want to do that anymore. (laughs) We, we, we realized it pretty quick that, oops, this was a mistake. And I went to OU and TCU had a football game that season in Norman. So I went up there as a TCU fan, but I drove up there with a friend, stayed with some friends from high school and loved it. And my parents were actually there too, because my dad is a TCU alum and they went up to the football game and I found them before they they left. And I was like, I'm going to transfer here in the spring. And they were like, what? Okay. Or what are you talking about? And I was like, I'm just, I'm already Googled the form. Like I'm filling out the transfer, whatever it is when I get home and I'm going to come here. And I texted Jill, who was already miserable. And I said that I'm going to go to OU in the spring. Here's, here's the form to transfer. And she was like, okay, great. I'm coming too. So I know that you wanted to talk about Ben and Judy, but I want you to see that the real friendship story here is you and Jill. Oh no. <laughs> is it? I didn't fill out the form for Jill, Laura. <laughs> it's me no, sad. I love the Ben and Judy story that it's fun. It's like magical. It's like a weird, you know, serendipitous romantic. Like it has these really cool element elements to that story. That could be a rom-com, but yes, it's, yeah. In terms of what I am exploring in this book and in people's like people who live a lifetime of loneliness and they're never able to find their best friend, find their friend, soulmate, find a group of friends, you were born with yours. Yeah. And that's like a gift that nobody like deserves. It just happens. You know, it's like a happenstance. And I know that you're. You, I can tell by the way you talk about it, that you're aware of that. You don't take it for granted, but I'm just reflecting it back to you that I hear from women all the time who spend their whole lives lonely and Everybody you, Jill. you won't, you haven't. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. And Jill and I, so we were born in July of 1989. And we were IVF babies. And in 1989, I, IVF had only been around for like not even 10 years. So I know we were the second round of IVF after my parents did. I think my mom finally told me when I was going through my infertility and pregnancy struggle, I think after my son was born not like in the weeds but she told me that she did seven failed IUIs and then one failed IVF cycle and then the second IVF cycle was me and Jill and in 1987 and 88 there was no clinic in Dallas so they had to drive to Houston every time they did this Dallas to Houston's like five hours so the other element to the twin, the twinship is that I know how badly my parents wanted us 
and they when they were doing all these fertility treatments like I said like it wasn't taboo but it wasn't as mainstream as it is now and my dad told me late like in the last little bit when I was doing all my fertility stuff that uh they thought they'd have to like talk to us about like how we were conceived like not in the same vein of a child being adopted but in in the similar similar but different sense of like how you came to be part of this family like you mommy and a daddy didn't love each other like you were actually created in a test tube in a lab in Houston when he told me that I was like oh well y'all worried about that for nothing because I, I that ne- never once was it weird that we didn't talk about IVF until like high school or later it didn't matter at all but all that to say I know how much Jill and I were wanted and so it just like makes it better that we're so close and our parents don't live very far away we see each other all the time like it's just like exactly what my parents wanted out of being parents and like I couldn't wish for a better like sibling parent Mm. relationship Mm -hmm. well that's super special and really rare (laughs) what you're describing is rare it is I know that but hear it volleyed back to me is interesting to think about yeah it is it's good special Well, thank you for sharing all of this. I loved hearing the Ben and Judy story. I loved talking more about your twin and your twinness and what that means in terms of friendship. And, you know, our friends are the dots that connect us often. So in Ben and Judy's love story, of course, you're that connecting dot. But I feel like this happens all the time with people like, you know, a friend introduces them to to something that tips them off into a career path, or you go to a college or you go to a party or whatever, because a friend is doing it and you don't really realize that that's going to change your whole trajectory or define your whole trajectory. And so I do think that that is an interesting aspect to friendship is that the people around us are influencing us in ways that like, you guys went to a new year's party and Ben and Judy kiss, but like, that's a non-event in the scope of life, you know what I mean? Like a teenager, New Year's party, who cares? And then, you know, then it becomes, it becomes this other thing. So I just think there's a lot in this conversation about connection. And so I'm so glad that you shared it all with me. Yeah. I feel like I just blabbed for an hour, but I guess that was the point. That is exactly the point. That is exactly the point. So, and we got to have a conversation unlike our normal conversations about email and scheduling and And calendars yeah (laughs) calendars (laughs) so that was super special too oh good I did put on with Victoria I noticed and I love it (laughs) I noticed and I love it thank you to Caroline for sharing about these important friendships this was such a fun and interwoven story This was the last of my series of episodes called Friendship Stories. I conducted dozens of interviews, literally hours of audio, talking to women about their friendships as part of my research for my new book, The Life Council, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs, which is out now. The Life Council is available in your favorite form, hardcover, paperback, ebook, and audiobook, wherever you buy books. Go to thelifecouncilbook.com to learn more. 
You've just listened to an episode of the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. For show notes and links, go to 10thingstotellyou.com. Make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. And you can also join our free connection group on Facebook to discuss episodes and topics. For bonus content, ad-free episodes, and monthly Zoom gatherings with me, join my Secret Stuff Patreon community by going to 10thingstotellyou.com slash secret stuff. Thanks for listening. 